you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. In this podcast, we're going to talk about Robin Bullock's weird idea of how Noah moved giant pieces of timber around, Johnny Enloe's bizarre prophecies about the Super Bowl, Jeff Jansen continuing to make weird religious and political prophecies. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send an email instead, the email address is telltalemailbag at gmail.com. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. Hey, this is Noah from Washington State, and I was wondering why bigotry towards minority groups tends to be more common on the right than on the left. Uh, I myself am transgender, and I've noticed I get more hate from those who tend to be right of center, and I was wondering if there's a specific reason behind that. I love your show. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate the voicemail. The reason is because uh, the left is considered like the liberal side and the right is considered the conservative side. The right believes in traditional values and the left believes in uh, progressive values. They want to move society forward in new directions and progress, basically. The right likes things the way they are, wants to keep things the same. It's similar in almost every country across the world. There's a segment of the population who wants to improve things and change things and make them better. And there's a segment of the population that that wants to make them go back to what they were previously. And as you get older, you tend to believe that the time that you lived in is the best time. The, like the time that you were in your prime and doing your thing and young and working and all that, you tend to believe that that was actually the best because that's what you were used to. So as you get older, you know, turn 40, 50, 60 years old, you start to see changes in the law or changes in society in various different ways. And you think to yourself, it was better before that time. I want to go back to the 1950s. I want to go back to the 1960s, the 70s. That's why as people get older, they tend to get more conservative slash traditional. Back in the 60s, the 50s, 60s, 70s, gay marriage was illegal. The traditionalist conservative position is no gay marriage, no interracial marriage either. That was a sticking point. A whole bunch of extremely repressive traditionalist takes. And the right has turned these these values into culture war issues. They make fun of people who don't feel the same way that they do. That's why you deal with more bigotry from the right, because it's a traditionalist kind of ideology, and they want to keep things the same. Or actually, they want to keep them the same way they were in the 50s. Hey, Owen, this is Sarah from Massachusetts. Quick question. How do you maintain your sanity and mental health while having to spend what I imagine is so many hours wading through all of this cultish conspiracist nonsense so that the rest of us don't have to? Um, Thanks for what you do. Keep up the great work. I think that I've largely become desensitized to it. I'm used to seeing this stuff now. I... I know what to expect, and it really doesn't bother me that much at all. In fact, if anything, I think it's hilarious. I think some of this stuff is really, really funny. Some of the wacky 
kooky ideas that these people come up with and then push hard. Robin Bullock really, to the bottom of his heart, believes you're going to answer for trying to regulate a prophet of the Lord. You're going to answer for trying to regulate a prophet of the Lord and telling a prophet of the Lord that what God said is not true, but what you said is true. You're in trouble. You're in trouble now. It's ridiculous. Like, seriously. I mean, the guy says this with a straight face. I think that's hilarious, in my opinion. So that's how I deal with it. If you don't laugh, you'll cry. Hey, Owen. It's Shay from Nevada. Uh, just had a bit of a weird question. Is there any left conspiracy theories like Robert E. Lee's head has been preserved in a jar and he's running the conservative party or... Are we just kind of technically harmless and just gullible? Uh, love your show. Um, keep it up, man. Keep up the good work. Thanks. There are some conspiracy theories on the left that I would consider to be harmful, certainly. Here's a unique one for you, actually. Before COVID all, you know, exploded and caused, wreaked havoc on everybody's lives, I was going through some anti-vax videos, like, years ago. I think probably 2017 or something, I was going through this stuff, looking for material for YouTube to talk about. And there was this left-winger who was a vegan, and he was also anti-GMO, and he was anti-vax. He didn't want to eat GMO food because some company, Monsanto maybe, I'm not sure which one, supposedly, according to him, took the DNA from a, what kind of fish was it? I forget now took the DNA from some kind of fish, I'm not sure which, fluke maybe? Anyways, took the, the DNA from it and basically spliced it in with the DNA of corn. And the benefit to this was the corn was more resistant to cold weather. You could grow this corn in, you know, 30 degree weather in some cases, like really, really cold weather, and it would survive, it wouldn't die, because it had the DNA from this specific type of fish spliced in. And of course, being a vegan, that was against his beliefs. He felt that that was wrong and he didn't want to eat it. The, all, a lot of this routes back to just a big conspiracy theory and gets really, really nutty. A lot of this stuff does. That's one good example of a left winger going just entirely too far in a really weird direction, in my opinion. For the record, when they do splice DNA in like this, you only need to do it a single time. It's not like they have a huge bucket of fish and then you kind of squish them together with corn seeds or whatever, and then you suddenly you have these seeds that are weather resistant. It doesn't work that way. But uh, he said he didn't want to be eating the DNA of fish when he eats corn because he's a vegan and he doesn't want to take any kind of meat in or meat products of any sort. So there are actually harmful ones out there. They are around. If you look hard enough, you'll find them. But they're really not common. And they're not the source of real problems in society right now. Uh, there are nowhere near as many, in my opinion, left-wing problematic conspiracies as there are right-wing extremist conspiracies right now in the United States. I think right-wing conspiracies should be our focus as a society right now. Not to excuse the weird, wacky left-wing ones. They are out there. They're not easy to find. But I think the right-wing ones are our issue right now. Hi, Owen. Um, I was just wondering, I watched your most recent video, uh, and one of the 
governing body members uh, said something that made me think, what do you think Jehovah's Witnesses would think of the God's Not Dead movie? Um, have they, like, to your knowledge, watched it? Do they think it's good, bad? Uh, thanks. Have a good day. Yeah, I appreciate that. Really interesting question. Um, I think Jehovah's Witnesses would think it was ridiculous if they watched it because Jehovah's Witnesses recognize mainline Christianity, you know, Protestant Christian branches in the U.S. are the privileged group, or Christendom as they would call them. They are the privileged group that's in power right now, and they are persecuting everybody else around them. So Jehovah's Witnesses would see that movie and see it to be as ridiculous as it really is. That being said, I think Jehovah's Witnesses would feel that they were being treated similarly to how the Christians in the God's Not Dead movies were being treated. Actual persecution in the eyes of Christians. But they would never watch that movie because it's from Christendom, it's evil, it's a religious movie, and you don't want to contribute to religious anything at all unless you're contributing to Jehovah, and that's it. So, yeah, they wouldn't have anything to do with it. This email is from Sky. The subject is Correction in Jehovah's Witness Letter. Here's what it says. Hi, Owen. I'm a longtime fan, and I can only say I wish I had discovered you sooner. As a former Pentecostal borderline fundy, I can only imagine that your sort of content would have made my leaving the church much easier and more comfortable. First, I want to offer a quick correction. You usually say that AD stands for after death. It's actually Anno Domini, which is Latin for Year of Our Lord. Uh, let me address that. I, you're right. You're right. And every time I say that in a video, I say, as Christians call it, specifically because I know it stands for Anno Domini, but Christians call it after death. They call it before Christ and after death. That's why I said after death, to draw a point. A while back, I was watching a video about Johnny Enlow, where he was saying that we're going to switch from A.D. and B.C., which is before Christ and Anno Domini, or after death, as he calls it, to B.T. and A.T., which is before Trump and after Trump. I was drawing a parallel between Trump and Jesus. It's weird that Johnny Enlow believes that Trump is so influential in our society that he, he seems to be basically equally influential as Jesus was. That's what Johnny Enlow was saying. And that's why I drew the parallel and mentioned A.D. in the first place. I've done it a couple of times in my videos. You're right. I, I know you're correct. It, it is Anno Domini, which means Year of Our Lord. But I was just making the point that Johnny Enlow views it a certain specific way. But I will be diligent about clarifying in the future. I appreciate the... Uh, I appreciate the correction. The other thing is that I recently got a letter from a Jehovah's Witness. It's the typical socially distanced pioneering letter, but it occurred to me I could respond to this person either to inform them that I'm an apostate and not interested, or possibly to ask some epistemological questions in a written format that hopefully the witnesses in question might mull over. Is it worth taking this as an opportunity to challenge someone's cult mindset? Thanks, Owen. Sky. Well, it depends. I mean, if you wanted to give it a shot, then feel free, but don't expect it to work. Jehovah's Witnesses are in Jehovah's Witness mode when they receive a letter or when they knock on a door or whatever else. They're prepared for the 
possibility that they're going to receive pushback. What would be most beneficial would be pushing back on something that they say when their guard is down, when they're not expecting pushback, when they don't even realize that you're talking to them about God or whatever else. Like, see them in a grocery store, recognize them, and then bring it up then. That's when their guard is down. But I'm not saying it's completely impossible. It may be worth a shot. Maybe they're a young Jehovah's Witness not really fully invested in it yet, or they're just trying out their letter writing or something like that, and maybe it works. Who knows? You never know. I would say give it a shot if you think that you could pose a couple of epistemological questions that might make them turn their head. Anyway, thank you so much for the uh, email. I appreciate that. And by the way, I do recognize exactly who you are. I've seen you on Discord and uh, Twitter a few times. This letter's from Jeremy. Hi, Owen. I enjoy your pod. I, too, am a bastardized DF'd one. I was baptized on 3-10-1990 at 13 and left shortly after due to a very abusive father. I understand 100%. Fortunately, I had a DF'd mother that divorced from him many years prior. I know your difficulties with your mother, and I, too, am unable to have a real conversation with my father. I only saw him about 10 times in the last 30 years, and all conversation always revolved back to religion. Being that I'm a father of five, I tend to understand that kids just want acceptance from their parents and would do whatever it takes to gain their approval. My question to you is, do you really think that you ever believed any of it, or were you just going through the motions? I hope this finds you well, and if you ever need to connect with someone who knows what it's like, then feel free to reach out. Jeremy, I appreciate that. Do you really think that you ever believed any of it, or were you just going through the motions? I think I believed it. I think I did. That There was a point in time, a point in my young life, when my dad was in the hospital, very sick. Uh, he had clogged arteries, and he needed a surgery. He needed to get a quadruple bypass, and he refused to take blood transfusions before or after the surgery or during anything. No blood. So the doctors basically told him, that's it. You're not getting the surgery. We're not working on you if you're not going to agree to take a blood transfusion. That's absurd. Uh, I think it was 14 maybe or 15, somewhere in there. I believed my dad was going to die at the time, and I was unhappy about it. But I found peace in it by reading the Jehovah's Witness literature. I believed I would see him again. Really, deeply to the bottom of my heart, believed I would see my dad again. I did truly believe it, truly bought into it completely. I was a true believer. Now, there were some things that I might have disagreed with him on. I never really hated gay people, ever. There was a point in time when I knew that they couldn't be a Jehovah's Witness, but I didn't think that they were evil. I didn't think that they were, you know, unsavable or that they even needed to be saved. I had gay friends and defended them to bigots on a fairly regular basis when I was an older teenager. I didn't try to change them and didn't feel that they needed changed. So there were some policies, I guess you'd call them, that I disagreed with the governing body on. But I did truly deeply believe that Jehovah really was God and all that stuff. So 
uh, yeah, I would say to answer your question more directly, yeah, I definitely did believe it at one point. That belief slowly faded over time, though, and eventually by like 21 or so, 20, 21, 22, I completely stopped believing it entirely. Like, not even a little bit. I saw how absurd it was. The best decision I ever made to leave the religion behind so that the brainwashing could be unplugged. Next, we're going to talk about Robin Bullock's weird idea of how Noah moved giant pieces of timber around. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. Next story I wanted to talk about is about our old buddy, Robin Bullock. Talked about him a few times before, but I want to kind of reintroduce you to him because he's got some real weird stuff to say about Noah's Ark. And then after we take a look at Robin Bullock and his weird claims about it, we're going to look at the most recent Ark Encounter numbers like their attendance numbers you take a look at that so let's take a look at this robin bullock clip i just want to refresh your memory this one came out early march 2021 to give you a little bit of a refresher at this point he was so upset that donald trump wasn't president at this moment he believed trump won the election that he was trying to come up with solutions to make trump the president again and replace biden this one came out early March, and the reason that that's significant is because QAnon and other far-right extremist conspiracy theorists believed that Trump was going to be re-inaugurated as the true president of the United States on March 4th because of some complicated stuff about the Constitution being invalidated after Civil War Reconstruction, so on and so forth. It's a big, long conspiracy theory. I'm going to talk about it a little bit later. But for the moment, let's watch the clip and see what solution he has to get Donald Trump back in office. Mar early March 2021. The stage is set. Everything is set. But you're going to have to pray for the rightful president whether he wants to walk back into this or not. Yeah, so this should be a pretty clear signal that he views Donald Trump as a full-blown prophet, messiah, I would say. Not even a prophet. He doesn't view Trump as a prophet. He doesn't believe that Trump receives prophetic visions or prophetic words or whatever. He has to provide prophetic insight to Donald Trump all the time. He gets on his show and says, I have a message for Donald Trump. I want you to listen to this. And he gives him this prophetic word. He doesn't believe Trump is a prophet. I used that word incorrectly. He views him as a messiah. I, I'm not being hyperbolic here. He really, really does. Let's keep listening. You must pray that he wants to do it because God won't make him do anything. Is it his will? Yes. Is he the president? Yes. That's why he could just walk right back in. And God will supernaturally move things out of the way. This guy is telling Donald Trump months after Inauguration Day to just walk into the White House and take control 
and God will push things out of the way. The fact that Donald Trump didn't do that should tell you all you need to know. Donald Trump doesn't actually believe this stuff. He doesn't buy it at all. But Robin Bullock continues on, continues to push this stuff, continues to try to convince people and Donald Trump that he knows what he's talking about. It is honestly pretty comical to me. Somebody left a voicemail the other day asking me, like, how do I watch this stuff day in and day out? Well, for one thing, I think I'm numb to it at this point. I've seen so much of it. And for another thing, I honestly find it comical. Some of the stuff they say is so off the walls bonkers. It is hilarious. It, it genuinely makes me laugh, some of this stuff. When you start feeling down about how completely disconnected from reality these people are, just remember how genuinely hilarious some of this stuff is. So that's what happened early March 2021. That was a couple months after inauguration, and that was him feeding into a conspiracy theory that Trump was secretly inaugurated in early March. This one came out mid-November 2021. Robin Bullock was really, really upset at the fact that people thought he was bonkers. They were, he was upset by that. Are you surprised that people think you're bonkers when you say things like you do? Anyways, let's see what he has to say to people like us who think he's a little bonkers. Apologize. Go ahead and apologize. Well, no! How about that? Just so you can hear me again. No! Because you are wrong. If this had no meaning to it and no prophet standing speaking today was, if they were all wrong, why don't it go away? Because you're keeping it alive, bro. You are standing there on your little stage talking to your little audience, telling them that Trump is still the president all the way up to November of 2021. Actually, to this day, honestly, he's still saying it. No joke. He continues to say Trump is still the real president. He was inaugurated in early March, and he, he should be the one sitting in the White House. And if you don't buy that, then you're delusional. That's what he's saying to this day. Keep listening. How come it hasn't ever faded away? How come it's still a fight over that election? It's not. It's not a fight. You're the only one sitting here disagreeing with it. Well, you, Johnny Enloe, and a few high-profile pastors at their churches who continue to push these election conspiracy theories. There is no basis to any of this. If it was wrong and it wasn't true, then why are we still debating all of this? We aren't. We're not debating it. You just continue to say this stuff, so I have to keep debunking it. I'm not debating anything. There's nothing to debate. Folks, it would have already passed. You keep your doctrines. You keep your doctrines. But I'll tell you what, you are going to answer for trying to regulate the Lord's prophets. You with your big educations. You're going to answer for trying to regulate a prophet of the Lord. And telling a prophet of the Lord that what God said is not true, but what you said is true. You're in trouble. You're in trouble now. Is this sad or hilarious? It's really hard to tell. A little bit of both, I suppose. It's a little bit of both. Sad and hilarious simultaneously. You're in trouble now. Are you guys afraid? You better be. You're in trouble now because you're denying that Trump is God's Messiah sent from on high to control the United States. You're denying that. 
and you're kind of having a little bit of a chuckle at old Robin Bullock here. Absolutely absurd. Okay, so now that I've refreshed your memory on who this guy is, let's get into the latest clip that I wanted to watch. This is about Noah's Ark, okay? He's got some ideas about how Noah went about building a gigantic boat, the biggest wooden boat ever built in the history of ever, before nails existed, before saws existed. So uh, let's get some insight from our old buddy Robin D. Bullock on how Noah went about lifting heavy timber that somehow was sawed into the right shape and size, who knows how, to build the ark, to build Noah's ark. Listen to this. And you have to ask yourself this. How did he move those timbers around? Yeah. How did he pick up those timbers and Massive. move them around? Solid question. Sounds like you, you're starting to think critically here. Did you ever consider the possibility that maybe he didn't? And it's just a story? Of course not. Well, there's something called, you know, everything has a frequency. Yeah. This, this uh, AirPod case has a frequency. I'm sorry? What are you talking about? This AirPod case has a frequency? Like the physical object? If you could, because it's made of matter... Right. If you could match the frequency of this AirPod case and you knew what it was and you could match it, you could pick it up off the ground without touching it just through wow. sound. Okay, I've studied an awful lot of physics. I mean, I, I don't have a physics degree or anything, so take what I say about it with a grain of salt. But, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I just I don't think you can lift an AirPod case by matching its frequency. What is he even talking about here? It gets weirder. It gets weirder. Keep listening. It had to be moved with sound. Well, that's brilliance of mind mm. that we don't possess right now. We uh, See, all the technology just actually showed how dumb man has become <laughs> yeah. in comparison to how smart Noah and Adam and all of them were. So Robin Bullock is saying that Noah supposedly lived 6,000 years ago before nails existed, before saws existed, before forklifts or cranes or any of that stuff existed. Noah somehow miraculously sawed a tree down without saws and sawed it into shape without saws and then picked it up with sound frequencies matching the, what, ethereal frequency of the tree's soul? I don't know what he thinks he's matching the sound frequency to. And what did he do for that matter? I mean, how did he expel vibrations from his hand? How, how would he match? Did he have a device to, like, emit sound? Did he have computer speakers? Did he have an MP3 player? He's trying to answer questions and fill a gap with a nonsensical answer. This answer is even worse than the other one that they've had up to now, which is, which is to say, God magically made it happen. God did it. God gave him super strength. That would have been a better answer than this bizarre one. It's like he's trying to use science to answer the question when science can't provide an answer to this because it's BS. It never happened. This didn't happen. It's just the strangest thing to sit here and watch somebody make these bizarre claims, try to fill these gaps in their knowledge, fill these holes with weird explanations that don't even make scientific sense. Instead of just going with the only 
answer that you can give here, which is God did it. That's it. That's all you can say about the situation. And if you want to say that, fine. Be my guest. But don't try to use science to explain it because it just leads to absurdity. Now, with all that being said, there's a new article out on the Friendly Atheists website, which is uh, friendlyatheist.substack.com. That's where he's uploading at the moment. He's also uploading on a website called only sky i think but this one's on his Substack, so i wanted to read this because the title is ark encounters ticket sales went down in january so i figured since we're talking about noah's ark in the first place it'd be a good opportunity to read about the ark encounter and their latest numbers this was written by hemant meta on february 21st it says attendance at ark encounter had a downturn this past january after nearly a year of increased attendance not only are the numbers lower than they were a year ago they're significantly lower than they were before the pandemic which is bad news for the local economy yeah at this point in time right now we're approaching quarter two of 2022 and the pandemic is seemingly it seems to be coming to an end i mean we don't know for sure you need to check with your local government to know what's happening right now up to the moment but i'm in new york city and right now things are ramping down i think they're about to remove mask mandates in school pretty soon in my area so things are getting a little bit better at the moment with the pandemic that's good news but that means that the ark encounter honestly should be pushing up their numbers should be going way way up right now they should be about where they were pre-pandemic or or maybe even higher because people are starting to go out more and have more fun and do more things but weirdly they're significantly lower than they were before the pandemic ark encounter numbers are lower than they were pre-pandemic. Thanks to the public record request by my local paleontologist, Dan Phelps, we now have the numbers for January. You can read more background about how it's calculated here. Basically, the way it's calculated, I, I can give you a quick rundown. The city of Williamstown basically charged a 50 cent per ticket safety fee that pays for ambulances, fire trucks, etc. that was imposed last summer. They knew exactly how many paid visitors actually came to the ARC. The numbers were so bad they needed to readjust their budget. This article is from 2018 and that's how we have insight into how many paid visitors they have basically. It's because of this 50 cent per ticket safety fee that's paid that's public information the 50 cent per ticket safety fee so at this time when this article came out 2018 the article says if you do the math that meant 748,000 tickets were sold over the first 11 months of the fiscal year not even close to the million that they were hoping for either ark encounter needed to pull in more than 250,000 visitors in one uh, in the month of june or they were giving away a hell of a lot of free passes. So they actually claimed they had over a million visitors, but the safety fee only added up to 748,000 ticket sales. So somebody was lying somewhere along the way, or, or something got fudged somewhere. Anyways, that's how we know how many tickets they've sold. Doesn't speak to how many visitors they had. Some people have like year-long badges or whatever else but that's how many tickets that they actually sold anyway let's keep reading the the latest article get back to what we were reading february 21st 2022 here are all the attendance numbers we know along with the safety fee that answers in genesis has paid to the city of williamstown the public nature of that fee is how we know the attendance numbers at all this is the chart if you're interested you can pause the video and read through it 
But I'm going to continue on with the article because there's a little bit of a breakdown here uh, from him at Meta. Over the past year, Ark Encounter has started to once again host on-site conferences. Like other tourist attractions, they rely on spring break trips, summer vacations, and warmer weather attendees in general, and it's an open question as to whether those people are coming or coming back. Also keep in mind that the Ark's parent company, Crosswater Canyon, received between $1 million and $2 million from the PPP loans from the government because the government loaned a bunch of big companies money to continue paying their payroll through the course of the pandemic. That's what the Paycheck Protection Program was, the PPP loans. And Ham also raised at least $1.1 million in a separate fundraiser to offset COVID-related losses. If they're not doing well, it's not for lack of funding. Finally, remember that actual attendance is likely higher than these numbers represent because kids get in for free, as do members with lifetime passes. But giving away freebies to children and life members doesn't help the local economy as much as drawing in first-time customers who are ready to spend money or conference attendees who are there for another reason. Furthermore, the stated attendance figures are far smaller than the 1.4 to 2.2 million visitors the Ark Encounter's parent company predicted they would be pulling in several years ago. Now, I get why they would have made this prediction, and the prediction would have fallen flat because the pandemic kind of threw a wrench in everybody's plans. I get it. I get it. But it is good news to see that their numbers are dropping. I couldn't possibly be happier with the fact that their numbers are dropping because this is nothing but toxic from beginning to end. It's spreading false information. It They directly contradict science and logic. Like, how could you possibly believe that this story is really real and literal? But they spend a massive amount of time and energy and money on convincing children that Noah's Ark was a real literal story before the age of reason, before they can think things through logically. It's exactly what happened to me, and I'm sure it's exactly what happened to a lot of you guys too. They convinced you this was real before you had a fighting chance to think for yourself. It's absolutely grotesque. So I am glad that Ark Encounter seems to be failing at this moment. It's not going anywhere. I'm sure it will probably grow in the coming years, but I'm glad to see that it's not doing as well as they predicted initially, at least. Next, we're going to talk about Johnny Enlow's bizarre prophecies about the Super Bowl. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. next story I wanted to talk about is about a guy named Johnny Enlow. I've talked about him a few times, but Super Bowl time has come and gone, and he had some interesting things to say about the old superb owl, if you will. So I wanted to see what he thought. Before we watch his clip on the Super Bowl, I wanted to give you a little bit of a refresher on who this guy is. So I have this clip that gives you an idea of how much he, uh, how do I put this? of how deeply he loves Donald Trump. It's almost like an in-love type of situation, if, uh, in my opinion. To some degree, it, it, it's getting there. Give this a watch. Even if you think you have 
100% devotion to God, it's going to cost you. And, and this is a key time. Once we establish what a key time in history this is, this is a line in the sand. This Trump test, uh, you know, it's been clearer than ever. People I've interviewed, uh, I've been on their programs and stuff, and who's being advanced and blessed um, and, and ministries that are advancing and blessing and who I see an increased anointing and who are seeing more. They're seeing more favor. They're seeing more revelatory are people who didn't back off Trump. The dude is a pretty influential pastor, especially in the QAnon sphere. You could call him like the linchpin between Christian nationalism, dominionism type of thing and QAnon. He is the the person that kind of links the two together in many ways. I don't think that he's a, a violent person. I don't think he's an angry person. I think that he is just heavily deluded, honestly, really. I think that he deeply to the bottom of his heart genuinely believes some of this stuff and what he believes is completely unhinged from reality. Like what we just heard, for example. The guy has worked Donald Trump into his theology seamlessly. He's not a prophet. Donald Trump isn't, I mean. Donald Trump is a messiah-like figure. In fact, Johnny Enlow actually said in a previous clip that he believed that Donald Trump was so influential to society, to the Bible, to Bible prophecy, that we would start using BT and AT to refer to our timeline before Trump and after Trump, instead of before Christ and after death, as Christians call it. I know that it's actually Anno Domini, which means year of our Lord, but Christians call it after death. And the fact that we have a Christian pastor here saying we're switching from before Christ and after death, as he would call it, to before Trump and after Trump, that should give you all you need to know about how he views Trump. He views him as a new messiah. I mean, we just listened to this clip where he's saying this is a Trump test. If you pass the Trump test, which is to say you continue to believe that Trump is the president despite all of the evidence against it, then you'll be blessed. That's the Trump test. I was asking the Lord about it. He hadn't told me. I was like, Lord, you still haven't showed me. And then on March, right when I'm saying that, I have this, oh, it's not an open vision, but it was a vision. And so I was like, Lord, as I'm saying that, what the first thing he said is, he is going to save you from things you don't know you need to be saved from yet. And then the Lord progressively began to speak regarding that. And he said, this time in the presidency is going to be a hinge of the ages and be known as before Trump and after Trump because of the way I'm going to use him. I'm using wow. him as a Trump card, but I'm the Trump card player. And so your nation will be known as before Trump and after Trump. And he said, the nations will be known as before Trump, after Trump. And the Lord, it was like, he said, I'm really not interested in your all's vote this time. I'm doing it. I usually give you all that option. This time I'm not. This is a rescue operation from heaven. This is... This is a, a, a moment of the ages. This will go down. This time period will go down as a before and after AD, you know, but BC, AD, depending on what terminology you use now. So that's who Johnny Enlow is. Now you have a little bit of a primer. Let's take a look at the next clip. This one came out late February 2022. This is the prophecy that was given to him by God about the Super Bowl, the latest Super Bowl from 2022. Listen to this. Cincinnati Bengals almost won with a 75-yard touchdown play. 
that was made possible by a face mask penalty. Should have been a penalty. Whoa. So if you watch the game, you will see that the Cincinnati Bengals, they're throwing the ball. The receiver grabs the face mask, mask of the defender, essentially throws him to the ground with it, and the referees don't call it. And they got a touchdown, and that almost won the game for the, the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't watch the Super Bowl. I don't watch sports. I don't even fully understand how football works, uh, to tell the truth. So sports just aren't my thing. So if you aren't familiar with sports either, then you're in good company. Let me try to explain as best I can. Two football teams were up against each other. One of them grabbed the helmet of one of them and pulled him down, which is an illegal move in football, I guess. And Johnny Enlow thinks that this was a prophetic vision, a prophetic vision sent by God to make a point about the election. Keep listening. Uh, a face mask. Wow. Illegal, illegal <sighs> use of hands on the face mask. And so a defender was pulled down. If you look at the numbers there, again, we're trying to do this slow enough where you can uh, write it down. And, and if not, you can listen to it again. Because this is prophecy and he's a prophet. He's trying to give you divine information from God. So he wants to make sure that you can keep up because he knows prophecy is complicated sometimes. He doesn't want you to get lost in the weeds. So write this down. You can uh, write it down, and, and if not, you can listen to it again. The Bengals, for the game, had 305 or 306 yards. to trying to find out the official numbers. 305 or 306. The losing team, the Bengals, had that many yards. Well, 75 of those yards came from that illegal play that if you – that it should have been, people were tweeting all over the place, coaches, sports stars, all over. It's like, how can the referees miss that? How do they miss that? How do they miss that? Everybody saw the pulling of the face mask. And so on their totals for the game, it shows 305 yards, but it should just be 220 yards because those 75 yards should not have counted. Honestly, dude, I really, truly feel bad for this guy. It's like he's reading religion into everything. It's like he he wants to see God's hand in in every little thing. I think I grew up to believe a similar thing. Jehovah's Witnesses implied that you could see Jehovah's hand in everything, every single thing, everything. So I guess I can empathize. I guess I can see where he's coming from. It's just so weird to listen to him tell us that this is a divine message from God. Keep listening. So what's the coordination? Well, the man who sits in the White House right now, uh, he won allegedly with 305 electoral votes. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, what? Why, why are you saying, oh, wow? And there is using of a face mask, illicit use of face masks mm. were used in order to put him there. What? Illicit use of face masks were used to put Biden in office. What is he talking about? Really? I'm trying to connect the dots here. What's he talking about? What's he talking about? I don't get it. How were face masks illicitly used to put Biden in office? In order to put him there. So you see in a very nuanced way, this game was telling us what had been taking place. In a very nuanced way, the game was telling us what had taken place. How the enemy tried to use face masks in order to defeat who was supposed to uh, win. So that's 
that's uh, number one. I really am. I, I'm trying my hardest to follow what the guy's saying, but it's like, how were face masks used illicitly? And it gets worse. It gets even worse with Johnny Enlow. He posted this to Facebook shortly after the game. I'm sure it's just a big coincidence that the game ends when Donald sacks Joe. I'm sure it's a big coincidence when the game ends when Donald sacks Joe. I'm assuming that Donald and Joe are like the first names or the last names of the football players. This is really the problem with conspiracy theories and conspiracy theorists more generally, like Johnny Enlow. They mean well, I believe, but their pattern recognition software in their head has been hijacked. Yes, there are patterns everywhere, and humans have been bred to recognize those patterns. Of course, yes, because that was most advantageous to us evolutionarily. We see patterns in everything, even when there really isn't a pattern there. But this guy isn't connecting those dots. He doesn't realize that it's just a faulty pattern recognition system that's misfiring in his brain right now. How do we get people like this to realize it? How do we get Johnny Enlow's fans to recognize that it is nothing more than faulty pattern recognition? If you think that's bad, there is more. You remember our old buddy Robin Bullock, right? This guy on screen here? He's been contributing to the same conspiracy theory. Listen to this clip. February 17th, 2022. You know, it was amazing to me just looking at that Super Bowl thing when everybody was just sure that the Bengals were going to win. And I don't, I don't have anything against either team. It's just God speaks in an event where everybody's looking. That one of them grabbed a ram by the face mask and turned his head and caught that pass that put them so far ahead. And somebody in the room said, it was Austin, said, well, they got away with that one, didn't they? I said, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. Because they know they did that, see. And I, well, what I said is I said, no, they didn't. Now a seed has been sown that will come up later in the game. And what did it cost them uh, some later in the game? Ten yards for excessive celebration. And then the Rams won. The face mask cost Joe the game. You're not, you're not hearing me. And there's nothing against the quarterback. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about political stuff now. My God, dude. This guy just never ceases to entertain me. So uh, needless to say, Robin Bullock is contributing to this Super Bowl God, you know, this whole narrative about the Super Bowl and God performing a miracle to make a point about the election stuff. Anyway, yeah. So that's what's happening on the Robin Bullock and Johnny Enlow front with the Super Bowl. I went back and looked a little bit deeper. And as it turns out, this is not the only example of Johnny Enlow making predictions or I'm sorry, not predictions, making prophecies from sports games. Check this out. This is early February 2021. So a year ago, this is what he had to say. I'm going to make right up front a connection with number 45 intercepting, we'll call it intercepting the enemy in the end zone. And that's when the celebration takes place. And I'm going to connect that with our president, number 45, Donald Trump, the Cyrus 
45, Isaiah 45, anointing. And so that's where it ends. That's that's the moment of celebration. Yeah, so this is significant because he seems to believe that Donald Trump has the Cyrus anointing from Isaiah 45. There are a number of reasons why he believes that Donald Trump has the Cyrus anointing, but let me pull up the Cyrus anointing verse if I can find it real fast. Here is what Isaiah 45 says. Cyrus is my anointed king. I take hold of his right hand. I give him the power to bring nations under his control. I help him strip kings of their power to go to war against him. I break city gates open so he can go through them, so on and so forth. It's a prophecy, a Bible prophecy that these televangelists and these super hardcore evangelical believers are buying. They believe this prophecy that Donald Trump has been anointed with the Cyrus anointing. But according to their weird little ideology, their weird little belief system, Trump needs to have had two terms to actually have the Cyrus anointing. So they make this claim that Donald Trump has this special anointing, this biblical thing, and that means they expect Trump to fulfill a number of things afterward. But he he didn't fulfill those things, and now his term is over. So how do they explain it? Well, I'll tell you how Johnny Enlow explains it. He seems to believe that Donald Trump was secretly inaugurated as the real president of the United States in secret, probably on March 4th, because that's the QAnon belief. And he believes that Donald Trump is controlling things. He's the one that's really pulling the strings from the top. And the office of president really isn't that important. Donald Trump has more important things to do. And his position is actually president of Earth, not president of the United States. Uh, he's taking on big, evil corporations and the devil himself up there at the top of the food chain in the political system. That's how Johnny Enloe justifies his failed prophecies, basically. But I do find it fascinating that every time the Super Bowl rolls around, he's got a new prophecy to tell. Oh, except uh, it's not just the Super Bowls. It's also apparently the college football national championships because mid-January 2021, he had a prophecy to tell us about that. Listen to this. Monday, the national championship game is playing. And it's, again, Alabama Crimson Tide against the Ohio State Buckeyes. I told Elizabeth as the game begins, I said, I'm expecting the Crimson Tide to win this, and I'm expecting there to be a 45 in there because the 45 would refer to President Trump, the 45th president. And also, again, back to the numbers, Isaiah 45 was about Cyrus, and there was the Cyrus anointing that has been on President Trump that he has not finished at all. He really needs to fulfill that Cyrus anointing thing, doesn't he? He really needs to find a way to make this true. And he's looking to football games to fulfill these prophecies. Football games. Honestly, heartbreaking. I deeply, to the bottom of my heart, wish that this guy would come back to reality with the rest of us. Please, please, bud, come back. We need you here in reality with us. I have it on good authority that this guy wasn't always like this. I have it on good authority that he was a lot more reasonable and, and more progressive at one point in his life. Come back, Johnny. Please, come back, man. We need you in reality with the rest of us. We need your help here. We could not consider him having had the Cyrus anointing if he were done now because he's just now called to get into the really serious part mm -hmm. 
of the Cyrus anointing. And so the game uh, finished and it was a landslide. It was a landslide for the Crimson Tide and they won it. And, and that, was, that was exciting uh, all on its own. But I was even looking, I said, Lord, you said 45. It was 52 to 24. Oh, yeah. So in the beginning of this clip, he said that there had to be a 45 mixed in there somewhere, or it wasn't actually a prophecy from God. So now he starts saying to God, hey, what happened to the prophecy that I told you to give me? Ready for the prophecy? Looking, I said, Lord, you said 45. It was 52 to 24. But what was amazing, I looked on the screen and they, they listed Ohio State score first, and then they listed... The, the score of Alabama Crimson Tide. And then actually when I looked in the morning on, I think ESPN, they did it the same way. Seems unusual. Usually you put the team with the higher score first and the other score afterwards. But the way that looks and the way it came out, I'll put this up right now. It was a 24. Can you see that okay, Steve? Yeah, you see that. I see that. 24, wow. 52. And then right in the middle of that, it's kind of covert, a 45. So it's a 45 with a... No, actually, there's nothing covert about this. Uh, for the audio audience, he wrote down the score, 24-52, because that was the score, 24 to 52. And then he circled the four and the dash and the five to point out that there was actually a 45 in the game. Well, guess what, man? I'm telling you that... There was no 45 in the game anywhere. In fact, there isn't even a 45 here. There is a 4-5. In fact, like you said, it's supposed to be reversed. So really, it's not even a 45. It's not even a 4-5. Nothing about this is correct. Your pattern recognition system is misfiring, Johnny. Your pattern recognition system is misfiring. You have to come back to reality with us. Please, come back two on either side and i went oh i kind of went that even as i was watching it there is wow two terms 45 was not put in there for one term he was put in there for two terms it's a confirmation on either side there's a two on either side what 22 means as well we won't you know we don't we don't want to dizzy people with numbers but the 45 was there right in the middle and so that was another confirmation the lord saying i'm putting trump in a second term and it's not later it's back to back it's right now. It's part of the crimson tide that's coming in. No, that is. There's nothing accurate about any of that. Trump didn't get a second term. Trump was kicked out of office, and Biden was inaugurated. That's just what it is. I know you don't want to accept that, but how do you square real life events with your belief system? If real life contradicts what you believe, what do you do? The answer is. He tries to find explanations. He tries to work around what he really sees with his eyes right in front of him. He refuses to accept reality. He will only accept what he already believes. And that is truly sad. I hope this guy comes back to reality with the rest of us one of these days. I hope he gets that pattern recognition system under control. Because at the moment, he's basically buying anything that QAnon has to spew. And that, that is really sad to me. Next, we're going to talk about Jeff Jansen continuing to make weird religious and political prophecies. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. 
you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. Next story I wanted to talk about is about a guy named Jeff Jensen. I've talked about him a few times before, but this new clip just came out uh, late February. In fact, I think it came out February 22nd, and that's a relevant date. The, the reason I list the date specifically is important. We'll see why in a second. If you're unfamiliar with who this is, I'll get into some of his past claims in a second. Just take a look at this latest clip, see what he had to say. Hey guys, Jeff Jansen International. A really important piece of information came to me just a few days ago. The Lord's been telling me for several months now, watch February the 22nd, 2022, 2-22-2022, that something was going to take place. Pluto will be in its original seat of government. It hasn't been seen in the heavens for 248 years, which takes us back to 1776. It takes it right back to 1776. Pluto represents a personal change it represents a, a regime change okay hang on so wow this is a lot uh let me try to catch up with what this guy is saying if i understand correctly he's saying pluto hasn't been seen in 240 something years i can't verify that scientifically maybe there's some basis to that like it's made its orbit around the sun or something i don't know maybe and now it's the most visible that it's been. I haven't heard a word about it, and I watch science news pretty closely. Uh, but okay, okay, hey, I'll grant you that for the sake of argument. Let's go with it. What was that he said? Pluto represents change? Regime change? A, a regime change, a transformation in government. Something is taking place in the heavens. Bob Jones would tell me, Jeff, if you're going to see what God's going to do in the earth, the heavens first declare the glory of God. The heavens declare what God is getting ready to release on the earth. There was a space race back in the day, right? Back in the 60s, there was a space race. Who was going to get there first, Americans or the USSR? It was a big thing. And when the USSR won getting to space, I believe they were the first ones to space. We got to the moon first, but they got to space first. There's this Soviet cosmonaut, basically like a Soviet astronaut named Yuri Gagarin. And there's this story that he said... Once he got to space, he said, I don't see any God up here. The reason that's important is because the USSR was considered communist and they were also considered atheist. And the U.S. fought back against that with their capitalism and their Jesus. They were really, really serious about that stuff and laid into it. It was part of the war against the USSR. We're religious, you're not. We're capitalist, you're not. This is probably apocryphal. There's no way of proving that Yuri Gagarin actually said this, but there have been claims that when he got to space, he said, I don't see any God up here. That sentiment carried on throughout the course of the space race and in the intervening years. The sentiment that God isn't in space. God is in heaven and heaven is above space. That, that's the impression that I was given when I was little. Everybody knows God isn't hanging out in space. They believe that God is hanging out in heaven above space. Okay, so the fact that Jeff Jansen seems to be conflating heaven and space here is a little weird. 
on its own. But all right, let, let's just continue. I keep granting these things for the sake of argument, but they're getting stranger and stranger. So Pluto, which means personal transformation for the first time in two. Pluto means personal transformation. Again, what is he even talking about? For the first time in 248 years, this February the 22nd will be in its perfect birth seat like it was in 1776. That means something. Get ready. Things are happening. I don't know what he means when he says it's perfect birth seat. What is he talking about? Pluto will be in its perfect birth seat. It's easy to make prophecy after prophecy, especially if it's vague like this one is, because you just forget about it. You just never mention it again if it doesn't come true. And if it does come true, you point to it as a hit. That's called the Texas sharpshooter fallacy. Ignore the misses and focus in on the hits. So this guy makes this vague waving prediction. Something important is going to happen. Regime change or something on February 22nd, 2022. Did that happen? No, no, it didn't. Russia invaded Ukraine on the 23rd. But again, they didn't actually change the regime. The president is still the president in Ukraine right now. So I, I really have no idea what he's talking about. Biden is still president. Everybody is still in their political government's place. This was a complete miss, but it's easy to think that it's a hit because around that time, some things were happening that could have pointed to possibly leading to regime change, but it didn't. It was a miss. It looks like a hit. This guy has a long history of doing that exact thing. I've been talking about him since at least early February 2021. Let's take a look at this clip. That's when this is from. I think this is the first clip I ever talked about with this guy. He was on Steve Schultz's channel to talk about the fact that Joe Biden was inaugurated and not Donald Trump. Listen to this. There was inauguration. He put his hand on a Bible or a supposed Bible. Someone said it's upside down. I don't know if it was, but they... No. Biden did not put his hand on an upside-down Bible. That's just nonsense propaganda to make people like you, you know, extremist Christians, more afraid of Biden for completely irrationally afraid. It was, but they put a hand on a on a Bible, said the right words, and now people say, okay, now he's our president. Now we have to pray for our president. No, he's not our president. He is not, nor will he ever be. Got bad news for you, bud. He is. And he has been since January of 2021. I know you don't like that. I know you're upset. That's just what it is, man. Everybody knows there was a red tidal wave. There was a red sea moment, which is a red tidal wave. And uh, quite frankly, America voted in Donald J. Trump. President Trump is president. We will be rejoicing in the streets by March, April, May, June. That's kind of interesting. He was reasonably specific with that prediction, right? March, April, May, June? Well, guess what? He did actually go on to make specific predictions for days, like specific day and month predictions for each of those months. He made a specific prediction for March. March 4th is the one that he predicted, and as a matter of fact... Here's a, a clip that I haven't covered before. Early August 2021, this is him explaining how he knows without a shadow of a doubt Donald Trump was actually inaugurated as the new president on March 4th, 2021. God has not forgotten 
there are many that are still standing on the premise of what's happening with uh, uh, President Trump. Um, as a matter of fact, I know for a fact that he has already been inaugurated. Uh, and um, I guess I can share that there was a general that was uh, March the 4th. Get ready for this QAnon conspiracy theory. That's what this is. He said March 4th is when he was inaugurated, right? I'll give you the premise behind this. The claim from QAnon is that after Reconstruction, after the Civil War ended, when the government reformed into a complete government, no longer the Union and the Confederacy, it actually formed into a corporation rather than the original real U.S. government. So they're saying... Everything that happened after the Union and the Confederacy rejoined after the Civil War is invalid because the U.S. government didn't make any of those laws, didn't pass any of those amendments, didn't elect any of those presidents, all of that stuff. So his claim is that anything that happened after the Civil War, after the last president was elected before the Civil War ended, anything that happened past that point is invalid. So that means the U.S. has only had... 18 presidents. And the reason why March 4th is actually the inauguration day is because inauguration day used to be March 4th. It wasn't changed to January 20th until, I don't know, the 1900s. I don't remember the exact year. So the idea is that Donald Trump was going to be inaugurated in as the 19th president of the United States, not the 45th, not the 46th, but the 19th president of the United States on March 4th, 2021. That's the QAnon conspiracy theory. Keep listening. There's a general that was uh, March the 4th, uh, 2021, uh, March the 4th, where he was actually sworn in as the 19th president of the new reformed republic of the United States going back to 1851 when everything was traded away in our nation. <clears throat> Don't have, one, have the time to get into that, but... Uh, um, you know, I, w I do want to say this because people get so caught up with, oh, Jeff, you said by spring we'd be dancing in the streets. That's right. I did say he did. As a matter of fact, he said that in the last clip that we were watching. We will be rejoicing in the streets by March, April, May, June. There's going to be an amazing turnaround. You just watch what happens um, and the world will rejoice. Not just, not just America, the world will rejoice because um, of this exposure. And, and uh, so I'm telling you, that's going to take place. That, uh, you know, I'm going down with the ship. Sorry, man. It turns out you were completely and utterly wrong. Completely and totally wrong. And he's, he seems to be trying to back up what we just listened to him say. He was utterly incorrect in this situation. How can you sit here with a straight face and look us in the eye, or look the camera in the eye, I guess, or whatever. Look the camera. How can you look the camera in the lens and say that you were correct when we know, without a shadow of a doubt, you were wrong? It blows my mind. Yes, because people get so caught up with... Oh, Jeff, you said by spring we'd be dancing in the streets. That's right, I did say by spring we'd be dancing in the streets. Um, I did say that President Trump uh, would be president and is president, and he is president. But uh, you need to understand something as well. We need to understand that when the word of the Lord comes to a prophet... Here's his justification. You guys ready for this? He's going to explain why he was wrong and why you should still believe him. 
you need to understand that just when the word of the Lord comes to a prophet, uh, the prophet speaks the word of the Lord, uh, things can shift. Not the goalpost. People say, well, you're shifting the goalpost. I'm not shifting the goalpost. No, you're not shifting the goalpost. What's shifting then? Is the field shifting? Is the ball shifting? Are you shifting? What's shifting? Something is because you made some very specific claims that didn't come true. God gave you information to give to us. God from heaven gave you secret information that he didn't give to anybody else and he told you to deliver it to the rest of the world. And when you delivered that secret information, it turned out to be a lie. Guess what? The Bible warned about people like you, bud. They told us not to listen. They told us not to fear you, pay you no mind. The Bible specifically says to not listen to you anymore. What are we supposed to do? We supposed to follow what the Bible says and ignore you from here on out? Or are you the authority on this subject? Should we discard what the Bible has to say and listen to you instead? As a televangelist said recently, somebody lied. Who was it? Was it you or was it God? Just for fun, I found this old, old clip of Jeff Jansen. I don't know when this is from. It's in a 4-3 aspect ratio, so it's got to be from at least the 2000s, it, possibly from even earlier. It, it could be from as early as the 90s or the 80s. I don't think it's any later than the 80s. Couldn't be. It'd be in a different format if it was from the 70s, most likely. So somewhere in the satanic panic era, anyways. Let's watch this clip. This is Jeff Jansen, old school Jeff Jansen, when he was trying to get his start in the field. Check it out. Two years ago, I had a visitation from uh, two angels. I was in a season of soaking and uh, just really pressing in uh, for the deep things of God. Uh, I went to bed about 10 o'clock in the evening, and uh, I was uh, awakened at 11.22 by two angels blowing silver trumpets in my face. Oh, I bet. I bet this is totally 100% true. Yeah, absolutely. I have no reason to doubt you. Well, as it turns out, this guy has been lying for a living since at least the early 2000s, maybe as late as the 80s. Uh, it, was, uh, it was pretty incredible. Um, there were there were two angels. One angel was on on the left hand side of me and was literally blowing a trumpet in my left ear. It was a long silver trumpet. Uh, on the other side of me, on the other side of the bed, there was another angel with a long silver trumpet blowing uh, the trumpet in my right ear. Um, what came out of the the trumpet of the uh, angel on my right was a, was a wind. You know, I, honestly, I think I could probably forgive this or overlook it or ignore it or whatever if this guy hadn't specifically said he woke up to this. A lot of televangelists and prophets of God, self-proclaimed prophets of God, cover their backs by saying, it was a dream, I was asleep. It was an op or it was a closed vision, not an open vision. So I just closed my eyes and imagined this situation. Jeff Jansen isn't telling us that here. Jeff Jansen is telling us that he literally woke up and literally in real life, two angels, one on each side, blowing trumpets in his ear. This isn't hyperbole. This isn't exaggeration. This isn't a metaphor. This isn't an uh, this isn't an analogy. This is real and literal. And two angels were there in my bedroom blowing trumpets in my ear conveniently there's no evidence for it you just got to take me at my word dude has been running this scam 
I guess since the 80s, 90s, 2000s. I don't know when he started this, but it's honestly really sad to see how many people buy it. He's not really a nobody. He started Global Fire Ministries, and obviously he's been in the business for a long time. People believe this stuff, and he is taking them down a QAnon path currently, actively, right now. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and stickers and stuff on there. Second, you can support me by checking out my Etsy store. I sell 3D printed stands for every system from the original Nintendo to the Xbox One. And finally, if you want to support me in other ways, you can check me out on my other channels. I have the podcast channel, which is where I talk about whatever's on my mind. Politics, social issues, whatever. You can also find it everywhere podcasts can be found. Or you can check out the videos on my main channel where I focus on destructive cults. As it is with most channels these days, I rely on the support of viewers like you to keep my channel alive, so sharing my work is extremely helpful. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.